This is Gam Chat. My name is Greg. I'm McCoy. And I'm Dee. We're three Filipino gay guys trying to make sense of anything and everything in the world today. Welcome to our podcast. Hey guys, I finally caught up on Fear the Walking Dead, and now I'm catching up on The Walking Dead. What have you guys um, been watching this week? Oh, Raised by Wolves. I like the show. It's the premise is um, how humanity started over, and the mission of these androids is to start a colony without religion. So you know me and how I go to church every Sunday. So that was a (laughs) good thing for me to watch. How about you guys? What are you guys watching, Greg? Wait, that okay? I saw the show. Uh, I binge watched it the other weekend, and it's really about like Christians against atheists, correct? Well, I'm not for labels, but like I said, I go to church to get chicken on Sundays. So (laughs) that's my church is chicken. Go to church's fried chicken. That. <laughs> so you can't say oh, anything. I'm, I'm not I religious. Now, <laughs> about you, Greg? What, are you catching up on any shows or addicted to anything? I actually, I this week I didn't really watch a lot of television, but I uh, I think that um, Lovecraft Country on HBO Max. Yeah, that is something worth. A good or whole whole weekend of binge watch. The show is set in the 1950s, and it it, it has story of that incorporates like magic, demons, ghosts, and it's all told through like black stories. Yeah, it's just it's brilliant. It's it's a brilliant written show. I gotta. Say. Yeah, and yeah, I I I like how they tackled um, racism, and uh, you know like slavery things that you don't really see. That their point of view or their side of the story, especially on you know TV or films, it's a good, um, it's a good tie-in on how they covered you know those topics. Yeah, and it reminds me how important diversity is in front and behind the camera, because right. the stories and perspectives of uh, new material, like stories that you never like heard or seen written, the words yeah. like that was because it's a diverse. The creator is black. Yeah. And it's a diverse, like, crew and creators. And it does add contribute a lot, I think, to uh, good quality television and binge watching. Yeah, I think it's what? By Jordan Peele. So he did uh, Get Out, Us. And now he has, I believe he's working on, or he finished Candyman. I, I think that's his work. So, yeah, he's, you know, his work's been really good lately. I didn't watch the first Candyman because I was I was uh, I wasn't born yet, and uh, I heard it was scary. Yeah. Okay. Also, by the way, if you have HBO Max, you fancy. So that's how we're gonna get there. <laughs> I'm not gonna respond to that. All right. But speaking of just binge watching shows, um, and a documentary came out on Netflix called "The Social Dilemma," and that will introduce our topic for this episode the social dilemma the netflix description for 
the documentary is, is that it blends documentary investigation and narrative drama to disrupt the disruptors, unveiling the hidden machine machination behind everyone's favorite social media and search platforms. All right, that's um, that's a mouthful. Um, so we all watched the documentary. It's directly coming from the voices of the creators of social media, from Twitter, Google, um, Instagram, and the creators and engineers um, are saying that social media, or, or they're warning us that social media has evolved to something that's kind of, that is dangerous or can be very and is dangerous to us. Not can be, it is dangerous. Yeah, I, I think I, I like uh, the main guy who. Uh, was the founder of the movement itself, Tristan. He was a part of the uh, department in Google that uh, you know designed the email, which the goal was to how do we make people keep checking their email, whether it be uh, aesthetic-wise, the ease of use and everything. And uh, um, I don't want to, you know, spoil uh, spoiler alert, but uh, basically the way he came up to it is that he himself got addicted to it and he brought up um, that concern to someone, sent messages to higher-ups, and it just, after catching a buzz, it really didn't go anywhere. And, I mean, I think I was texting you guys while I was watching the movie at the same time I was unsubscribing to every email thing that I had uh, you know deleted my uh, so some of the social media apps that I had so it, it really resonated with me and to be honest it scared the shit out of me well it kind of confirmed things that I already um, suspected but hearing it from the creators themselves was very concerning and seeing the tactics that they employ to keep you engaged in the the apps or their products is very very concerning yeah it's it's the first time i think that we hear from the engineers the people behind the uh, the the software that will literally say you know a group of white men in silicon valley that are from 20 to 30 years old are the ones getting billions and billions of people addicted to their apps and to their social media. And that was the first time someone actually said it out loud, at least that I've heard. And so that's why I felt it really enlightening to hear it. Because we kind of feel, we kind of know, you know, like there's something going on. And so with that being said, like, what is your current relationship with social media? It's not just recently that I deleted some of my social media apps. I think I actually deleted Instagram or I have this love and hate relationship with these apps that I will download them if I'm really desperate, but I will delete them right away. I've told you guys that a while back and especially Instagram. I was so hooked into it and I am battling between this uh, you guys know me. I'm very visual. I love taking photos. Mm -hmm. I love sharing yeah. them. And it's not really about the engagement about it. It's just that I feel like, why am I taking pictures if they're not going to be seen? But outside of that, I like to take, you know, I like the process of taking photos. It's what brings me joy sometimes. It, it's a little scavenger hunt for myself that I set up once in a while. And I'm trying to go back to that mindset that I don't have to share it. 
if I like it, I take it for myself. But you know, so I, I'm trying to find other ways. I've really cut back. Well, I've deleted Instagram, not the account itself, but just the app. Uh, Facebook, um, I also kind of avoid it now just because, you know, sometimes uh, it's really not that productive to be on it or the things that you get are not that um, insightful to begin with. So I think my only thing right now is my email. Well let me let me you, you probably something quite interesting here because so instagram because you're a photographer d and you've been doing photography for like years now and instagram was is a very visual platform to share um and you made me think of this quote when you're telling me this it's like if a tree fell in the forest does it make a sound and as artists you know do we we create artwork to be shared and a lot of times it doesn't mean it's not shared right yeah um or we create it on our computer, or we do a painting, and the, you know, it, it begs the question because social media is around, it's like, is it art unless you share it? You know? Yeah. Like, does, does your art make a sound? And I think that's part... Or does it make an impact? Does it make an impact? Yeah, that's the sound part. And as even as artists, like, if we don't share either with our video or our TikTok, does it have impact in, unless people actually click like, you know? And so when, D, when did you decide, well, was there a specific point that it you that occurred to you that social media may not be right for you it's severe to call it an addiction but the addiction to it wasn't the only catalyst to make me delete it i also subscribed to just to some people just for the sake of doing it and i realized in the end of the day i my views didn't really align with their views but i felt guilty unsubscribing so I just like completely, you know what, let me just remove myself because if it's affecting me, how I manage my day, the mood that I'm in before I sleep, if that, you know, negative thought is stuck to me, why not just take out the, you know, the source? Yeah. You know, it makes, it, you remind me about just impact of our own personal lives. Like I have, I knew that for me, I knew that there's a problem when I would be on my phone so long or so for long periods of time that my hands would start to hurt or then that I would be like raising the phone when I'm laying down on my bed and it, it I, falls I'm on like your on face scrolling. and it hits me <laughs> on the face so many times yeah. I was like like and I was like what am I doing like this hurts like it physically is hurting me because I'm and it we don't know it's an addiction because no one actually ever called it addiction before right we know like you know drug addiction smoking addiction yeah you know, and McCoy like porn addiction, what? but <laughs> or politics, discussing politics, discussing politics addiction. But just like the physical, like you know, like just so there's a physical f moment where I realized that it started to occur to me that it's physically hurting me. How about you, McCoy? I've stayed away from Facebook specifically since let's maybe t seven years ago. I would only scroll for like. 30 seconds and then I'm done because I had to unfollow some people when um, they started posting things that were very political I mean a political post is, is one thing but when you go overboard and start calling people names and start comparing presidents to Hitler when I think it's absolutely unreasonable that's when you lose me so I had to unfollow some people but at the same time there's still a lot of in my opinion negativity so I just kind of lost 
the desire to even check it. So there would be times that I wouldn't check it at all. Now, Instagram is different because it's very visual. I just like the pictures, I like the post, and I post some stuff myself. So, you know, that's different. And I could just unfollow people who I think uh, will just get me really heated. And then Twitter, I was never really active up until recently. But so on the mental health part, because the documentary talks about mental health, mm -hmm. even says um, about doctors have seen, this is just the data saying that suicide rates among young girls increased by 150% since social media has been activated, right? Yeah. And our cell phones. Uh, so on the social media part, I mean, the mental health part of, of it, like for you, McCoy, like how's, would you, how do you say your mental health has been? Uh, let's see. I feel and I'm so embarrassed to even admit this, but I feel like I was getting validations on the number of likes I would be getting. You know, you guys know I travel. And when I post pictures, I'm like, oh, it only got, you know, a number of likes. I, it could have done better. It's so embarrassing to even say that out loud, but I was at that point and I had to train myself to stop caring so much. Yeah. You know, because it's, I post the pictures because... I hope people like it, but I shouldn't care if they do or not because I was there. I like what I saw, and that's why I took a picture of it. Yeah, it sucks because it's almost like not to be you know exaggerated, but it's like, do I even exist if no one is like commenting on it? And for me, I'm already damaged enough to be <laughs> including everyone else's. Um, <laughs> opinions so i have my own shit to worry about that's why i was like no i can't like i can't like i can't base hours of my life waiting for someone to validate me who is like some of them i've never really met yeah you know and it sucks and you know i mean yes that is like an exaggeration but even one percent of that thought goes in your brain it can mess you up you know yeah. it affects your day it, you can start dragging your feet just because you didn't get that one little notification. So mm -hmm. I started with turning off the notification at first. So I didn't go, go cold turkey. So, I, you know, turned off notification, started posting less because I'm not really engaging with it. And I was like, you know what? I just need to get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, you made me think about this idea is like, what did you say? Something like being present? Yeah. Uh, it made me think that, you know, have you guys ever been gone out with friends or family to a restaurant and they're too busy on their cell phones at a restaurant trying to take pictures of the food or something happens and they're too busy, like, take, you know, on their phone and not paying attention to you. And let's just say it's just like you and another individual, right? Yeah. And they're not, and you literally have to wait like 10 minutes for them to just be on their phone that I cannot stand that. I think it's rude, and they're and they're not present, and then I don't feel like I'm. I could they're they're not present with me, and I'm like I spent time to hang out with you, and you're on your phone for like fifty percent of the time. I'll say, oh hell no. Well, Greg, to be fair, you always tell me off, and when I'm about to like eat my food because you haven't taken a picture of it. Yeah, I yeah, of course. But but I don't put no, but I don't put it on uh, social media yes, no, and it takes honest, like a one second. <laughs> yeah, no, to be honest, you just take a picture of it and you'll just send it out later. Um, Actually, you know what what's what even sucks more is that 
um, to add on to that being present, the entire time your mind is only focused on, I have to share something good that yeah. you miss out that, oh, something shitty is happening. The vibe has changed in the table yeah. and mm. you don't even notice it because your mindset is like, I'm going to post only something happy because yeah. that's what it is. People only share the good stuff. There are, there's a small percentage that people share bad stuff, but maybe this is just okay this is just me i think whenever they do that it really is just more of um attention and pity yeah. and you know and that was my thing before is that amara would say something wait wait i don't wait i forgot what were you saying or i wasn't paying attention and that was not a good feeling to be not present and yeah. miss something mm -hmm. because you were so focused on the caption the tint of color up the contrast is the comp composition of the image good so it mm -hmm. like that's one thing that i wanted to be more present yeah yeah well okay well like with me it's like i have this like rule with me i don't try to impose it on anyone else it's just with me when i'm having dinner and i think greg you you know this um i always put my phone down i rarely pick it up and sometimes i'll apologize like let me just check something because i don't like being that way and sometimes i look around me and everyone's on their phone when there's like a person right in front of them because i've experienced this what i've had i had a, i had dinner with a friend and he was on his phone the whole entire dinner he barely looked up but my phone was completely down and i was just eating my dinner and just like thinking like what the fuck i could have just stayed home yeah. but you should have started eating his food <laughs> but even with my family i see that like all of them are on their phones and even with that kind of environment i try not to be unless they're talking about something that makes me feel uncomfortable so my excuse to not be involved is to be on my phone that's the only time you'll see me on my phone if i feel uncomfortable about the subject that they're talking about and to put a barrier between me and that conversation i'll be on my phone all right good 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 heads up to everyone who's listening that when they see you on your phone that means you don't like them very much uh you know i've actually i've stopped dating like guys before because they're too busy on their phone like that is the worst move to to make on a date is to get on your phone yeah and not be present like and that's for me i i started noticing even for myself that you know even doing a post takes a lot of effort and a lot of time than mm -hmm. more than you think and if you really want to speed up time i don't want to slow down so why speed it up go on social media like scroll and and, yeah. and move on you'll lose time like that if you want time to go fast right yeah so i don't post a lot on my instagram because i'm very particular about the way it looks the filters all that stuff so i don't actually just post i don't post anymore because it sucks up so much of my time. And then I'm noticing even when I'm scrolling through it, every three posts, there'll be an ad. Every three posts, there'll be an ad. Maybe four posts, there'll be an ad. And I was like, this is just them trying to sell stuff to me. And that's, you know, uh, what the documentary was also, also about. The creation of social media was in the beginning used to connect people was meant to be something positive and now it has evolved to monetization a beast yeah capitalism and it and it's used to, uh for advertisers right yeah and not and let's be honest not like small businesses or startup like really small companies or like you know like freelancers it's really made for corporations big big corporations because you cannot compete with advertising you know my day job is social media 
right? I get paid to work in the digital content creation world, right? And now, uh, where do you start with this? Because <laughs> the truth is, is that if you, when you start using Facebook to do advertisements for like your small business, for example, right? You put in a hundred dollars for ads. Yeah. And then once you get maybe like before with like 10,000 like subscribers or followers, that hundred dollars a month that you spend an ad would only get you maybe like 2% of followers. So you technically have to put more and more and more money to get the same results. And there's no way small business owners, freelancers, musicians even could get the exposure artists could get the exposure on social media anymore. Yeah. To piggyback on your initial thought, it it really is that saying time is money. The more time you spend scrolling through, the time that you're taking to do that really is creating money for them. You don't reap the benefits of it. Yes, it gets your mind off of things a minute or two here and there, but at the same time, the ads that you're seeing, again, the longer they have you scrolling through a feed, seeing things, click a link that you saw, that generates revenue for them. And really, what are they doing with that platform that they have? That's one thing that I just questioned. I mean, recently, Facebook has been under fire for how they're monitoring the misinformation that they have out there. And to me, that's one of the reasons why I stayed out of Facebook. Don't mean to knock them. It doesn't mean, when I say this, it doesn't mean that they're, you know, dumb or not really thinking about it. But maybe is it just Filipino titos and titas who are sharing things that are like, Lord, can we at least do some like background check on what information you're showing? Yeah, okay, so let's talk about this misinformation topic. Why don't we share our our one moment on social media that we, that we got that was misinformation and our experience of it? Okay, um, someone I know close to me had sent a message to I guess everyone they know about the vaccine for the coronavirus how it's gonna be there's gonna be a, a microchip included in it they'll inject you with wait, it wait 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 what blah. that's not that's not the case mm, there's no evidence that that is the case are you sure besides well who are we that they'll inject us with microchip when they can already follow us on my, our phones my tita baby posted otherwise so i don't know okay. where your <laughs> source is Okay. It's okay. always the Tita baby. It's always okay. Tita baby. Okay, so I had to tell this person off. It's like, don't send anything like this because you it, it's not verified. You don't know if the information is accurate. There's a lot of misinformation going around about COVID, and you are not helping. This is what, what I, I told this person because it sounded so stupid. I said, you sound like a crazy lady. Come on. I mean, yes, you get most of your news on Facebook, which is in itself completely scary you know so really can we at least verify some information but but see that is an example of the bigger issues that you see one thing i can share is that you know those stupid quizzes on like when do you think you're gonna die <laughs> yes how old oh god what i've month? never seen that it, it's like a quiz that you take and it like randomly gives you uh, one month from now, the date, the time, da da da. Why would you want to know anyway? Someone that I know did that, and then 
um, the auntie team <laughs> took it a different way, which took it seriously and then created a panic. Oh my God. Wait, what? Wait, I don't. What happened? They thought it was like, oh my God, something's wrong with this person. They think they're, you know, they're predicting their death. Uh, something has to be up. And it created a panic. And I was just like, Lord, like, I don't know. Again, I don't need mean to knock the older generation, but I think they jumped into this the wrong way that anything you can post, they, they're having a hard time grasping the idea that I can type anything I want online but just yeah. because it's there on print, it doesn't mean that's the final word or that's the truth. Again, I can I, I want to create a meme where I was like, I got pregnant at the age of 15 <laughs> and, you know, my wife left me. I want to see how far that's going to go and if my family's going to take it seriously. Because, uh, you know, for the older generation, I, I, I'm scared that they can't find that distinction between reality and propaganda. Mm-hmm. It makes you think that yeah. I don't think that our parents and grandparents were aware on how to use social media or the understanding of social media and Facebook, you know, specifically because I think Facebook has been the key component in spreading a lot of this misinformation. I think that, you know, our parents' generation. When you saw something on television or on the screen, it was at a time where it was fact-checked by journalists, magazines, um, and whatnot, right? Credible sources. And the only way to spread misinformation was through like a paper, paper pamphlet, right? Or rumors. But you knew that every time you looked at the screen or the radio, you would hear information that you would assume to hear information that's been checked out has credibility to it, right? And I think that our parents go on this computer and then look on the screen and they go on Facebook and all of a sudden there is a post about, you know, like microchipping, you know, through COVID or something or some really far out the world is flat, you know, kind of information. And then they think that it's true. Like my mom gets a lot of, of misinformation videos and she's like what is this is this true and i looked down i was like really really you think like the world is good always.com is going to be posting something like that and I'm like, it's, a, it's a fake it's a fake it's a fake um url you know screen and just url they made up but it was something like that because oh you know your tita blank 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 notice her name but your tita was baby. sharing this this is called tita baby because i have a tita baby i can't say tita okay. baby <laughs> so it's not tita baby just to, just not to tita baby record. i love you tita baby you know me on facebook it's all good um but it was this radical like right-wing information that my mom was getting she knows i it's not real. I said, you always have to look at where it's coming from. Yeah. And now we're entering a time where our parents see this on their newsfeed and it's literally called newsfeed, right? Yeah. The, on, on, it's called newsfeed. It's not news. It's just like propaganda. And then they think that it's real. It's like, it, it's gone way in way far and beyond. I think it's in, the, we're in the dangerous area right now. Yeah, but is it funny that the distinction between news and like marketing scams are all lumped in it together. It's just like they're getting this fake news and then all this ad pop-ups in their computer about, um, what is that? 
push-up bras that are <laughs> made in China that you clink and it's like a scam that just creates your credit card. It's like, I that's why I really fear for the older generation that they're getting scammed more because of this. Yeah. Yeah. But it's. I think it's more dangerous than just a scam because, um, as the documentary had shown, they um, the algorithm will show you things that they think that it thinks you will agree with. So if you have a set of beliefs, like let's just say for example you're very conservative, um, it'll keep feeding you conservative stuff, and then even some out there conspiracy theory that the algorithm thinks you'll be into. So now it's like an echo chamber where you already have this set of ideas, and then you get fed this quote unquote news feed, and it cements that idea that yes, what I'm, what I believe is true, and it's the only truth out there. So it's like it's so dangerous because it's like programming you that there's no other side to your belief. Yeah. Your set of ideas is the correct thing. It's the only thing, and it's the sent by God or something. I don't know. Yeah, it brainwashes you. Yeah, you know, going back to the documentary, it was that they didn't intend it to brainwash you. They just wanted to sell you soap. Yep. You know, and then what happened was that talking about misinformation, even politics, is that people use Facebook and these tools for harm. And that's where the scary place are we are now in, right? Because if we go back to 2016, you know, the U.S. election. Yeah. Russia was part of sending misinformation. Wait, Greg, let's just make it clear. No, this yeah. information did not come from us. This came from the intelligence community of the U.S. government. Even in this current election in 2020, it's still happening again. And also in yeah. Europe and in other places. This is not something yes. we came up with um, because we just wanted to say it. No, it was yes. It was discovered by U.S. intelligence agencies, right? They've all said the same thing, like it is these foreign operatives, right? And then we found out that teens in, in, in Greece were making money by sending misinformation. And that really explains why I think Trump won the election. You know, yeah. this idea of misinformation, people have used it for bad, for worse, right? And it makes me think about even just never talk about politics, about just propaganda that you brought up earlier, they also back in the days, you know, I, when I did this documentary called The Edo Sisters about the Japanese internment camps, I had to go through all these archives of propaganda posters that were specifically racist posters about Japanese and Asian Americans all the way from the, you know, before like 1900s to like to the 1960s. And these racist posters would only live like on a wall or in a magazine, right? And now it's been amplified because of this new technology called social media where they could send out all these like racist ads and misinformation and all of a sudden that goes straight to the person who's buying it, who wants to like see it because they clicked on something else. And it almost makes you think the fact that like, you know, marketing, they always talk about how Hitler created propaganda. I know, have you guys heard that one before, that statement? Yeah. I think now we're entering a new era of propaganda and how, how to use these tools to sway an election. Yeah. And, you know, in the documentary, they point out, they confirm that it worked. It worked and specifically when they're talking about they got more people to vote you know, at a certain time. And so now intelligence agencies and professionals are saying, yeah, it, it's causing a shift 
in our democracy and it's polarizing everybody. Well, it's not all that. It's actually creating real violence because um, I think in the documentary, and I've read this on the news, about the Pizzagate where uh, supposedly there was this pizza shop, I think near D.C. Am I, am yeah. I, I don't know. If, yeah, near D.C. Uh, that was supposedly uh, trafficking kids for sex. And it grew and it grew. They created groups for it on Facebook. And people were believing that it's a natural fact. And I think it was even linked to the Hillary Clinton campaign in 2016. And someone actually went to the pizza shop. The thing was saying how they kept the kids in the basement. So this guy came there to shoot up the place, a pizza shop shop that doesn't even have a basement and it has zero ties to hillary clinton camp yeah absolutely so it's like this group created this narrative that people just completely ate up and believed for a fact and someone went there with a gun and tried to shoot up actually he did shoot up the place well then we also have the shooting at a black lives matter protest yeah the, the shooter who was 17 yeah he was linked to these conspiracy kind of mm. like facebook groups they go and they have a little room then they just talk about the same thing over and over again of misinformation and then they spread it and they believe it and now it's putting not only our democracy at harm it's actually putting people in physical harm the thing that really stuck to me was when the guy said something i'm gonna paraphrase when he said something to the effect of tools are there patiently waiting like a bicycle but when something starts demanding attention and demanding your time it's really no longer a tool and also i've heard this before it's like when you don't pay for a product you are the product so you know i kind of agree with that yeah it's like what you're saying d about the documentary you know i've always questioned is how exactly are they making money you know they are making money on our data on our, on our behaviors and they could forecast our behavior and they'll know when to throw an ad or when to send a notification to really manipulate our behaviors and not only our behaviors with ourselves but also how we behave with other people how we behave in the outside world that was again more confirming how dangerous social media is or how it's evolved and no one's doing anything about it and also just to reinforce what you just said when you say they sell our data it's not your name, your specific date of birth, social security number, exact address and location. It's not even that. It really is the time that you spent. That's why now I put value on my time even more. It's because the amount of time I spent there, the things that I like, the things that I view, that's the all the data that I need to really move things forward or to get things to you, to sell you information, to persuade you to certain things. It can be either just you clicking on a paper clip that's on sale that might interest you or really a propaganda or like even if you're like just stopping if you're just stopping to look at a paper clip yeah on, on your feed like that little one two seconds they could use the information to sell you more paper clips and there's actually a, a value to that right so then they send you it then that's like the advertiser just paid four cents for that moment I mean, one of them, um, he said specifically that he forbade his kids to have social media. Right. Because he knows how dangerous it is. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, let's say, pharmaceutical company who, president who made this drug, but will not give it to their kid first. That's how, I mean, that's how I looked at his statement. It's like, he won't even 
let his kids create something that he thought would have been beneficial. Uh, spoiler alert, don't do it. Like if the creator says don't do it, uh, you probably don't want to take the pill. That is for sure. The information that I actually gravitated more towards was that the like button. It's just a simple statement that it was meant to get a community together, to uplift people, and how they didn't even see that it will turn into or cause depression. Kids now value outsiders' opinion, and that's even more scary now because they're not able to really interact with other people in person. So their only means of interaction is, you know, online. That if they don't get that validation, what is their worth? And it's, you know, it's a very scary thing because that leads to depression um like you mentioned earlier suicide rates for preteens kid uh, preteen kids rose to 150 percent that's scary numbers to see it's interesting because thinking back at it you know a simple click on a computer like how could that possibly hurt somebody but not clicking like is hurting somebody well that kind of brought up a memory for me because um a few years back i was in the philippines and my nephews were looking at my facebook profile and they started laughing i was like why what's wrong he was like oh you only got so many likes on your profile pictures and they were like genuinely laughing and i was like what's wrong with that because they were so shocked that I only got a certain amount of likes. And I told them, like, first of all, my profile is not even public. It's only for, like, my friends and family. So, and it didn't bother me then. But then when I think about it, they were more bothered than I was. Because to them, the like, the numbers of like is what defined you. It, it held value. I didn't understand it then. Wow. Of course, I was like, what the F? It's like, so now should I feel bad? <laughs> Let me ask you this question. It made me think about addiction right even these young kids are saying oh you don't only got a like right you only got like two likes mccoy on your on your on your photo yeah. or all your photos have two likes to be clear it was there was more than two it was like four all right it's three <laughs> and to be clear it wasn't the nude that's why it only yes. got that much <laughs> because if it was the nude it would have one <laughs> me like bitch here you go look how many likes there are <laughs> So it wasn't a Chris no. Evans photo. All right, got it. <laughs> but okay, but it made me think about this this word that's used in the document, addiction. If you have an addiction, how do you know you have an addiction? Like, how does anyone that are in this world of like likes, 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 how do they know? How can they be aware that they have an addiction? I think when it controls their behavior. Who's gonna point that out? Well, I pointed that out to myself because I was getting sad because I was only getting a few likes on my my instagram and i said i shouldn't feel that way i have to be aware and i you know it's like i have to be aware when i'm feeling that way so that i have to so i can stop myself from feeling that way because it's not right it's like no it's not right i'm posting this picture yes to show people but also because i want to share it it doesn't matter how many likes i have it really shouldn't matter how many likes i have because i took the picture because i mm. like the picture yeah um, it's easier said than done but you know you have to try yeah i think it is accountability you have to really be built to check in yourself but that's only for us adults yeah you know that's what's kind of scary about it is that amado for example his purpose of taking photos while we're out and about mainly food or like places that we've gone to really is i mean i will catch him sometimes in bed and he's scrolling through his 
not even his feed now because he's also not using Instagram as much, but his own photo album. And it really is just like, oh, I remember this. This is what happened when we were here. And this is the feeling that I had while we were here. So really knowing your intentions of why you're doing, why why is it important for you to capture that moment? That's how I kind of view things. And that's how I started with photography. I'm, you can probably tell by now, I'm not good with my words. The way for me to remember things, it, uh, how I'm feeling in certain times, is like if I take a picture and that to me is like a mental note of like, at this moment, this is how I felt. This is what I was going through. This is good. This is bad. It was excellent. It was the worst thing. You know, knowing your intentions and why you're doing things. But again, that's just for us. For the kids, I'm not a parent, so maybe I shouldn't be telling adults this, but I think if you're a parent, you're accountable for how your kids are spending their time online. Have you guys noticed that people are a lot meaner these days on social media? Or is that just my observation? Yeah. I think it's the anonymity. Yeah. Well, not so much now because some they put their picture. Well, I guess you're right. You're right. Yeah. But still, it's not yeah. in person. You know, it really is that lack of in-person yeah. engagement, knowing that there's consequences. Yeah. Either maybe that's a physical consequence that you might get punched in the face because she said something stupid, but that's gone yeah. now. You know, the, the, the ramifications of being an asshole is gone. It's not physical anymore. Unless it escalates to something else. To add to that, if we look at the rise of white supremacy in the U.S. In Charlottesville, when the white supremacists were holding tiki torches, that was very new. We have not seen the KKK not wearing the hoods in a long, long time or ever. And it makes me think that... You know, to be a bully now on social media, if you're in a Facebook group with other white supremacists and all your friends are white supremacists and all the ads or in your newsfeed support your belief. So when you go out there with your tiki torch from Home Depot, you don't feel like you're alone. You feel like there is a group of people that support you. You think that the country supports you. You think the president of the United States supports you, which arguably he can conclude that he does because he did call them very fine people. Like you can be that bully and get away with it, unfortunately. On that note, it's time for a break. We'll be right back. Hey folks, remember to rate us on Apple Podcast. Leave a comment and let us know how we're doing. It will help us reach others who's clearly missing out on hearing us complain and talk smack about each other. Thanks and enjoy the rest of the episode. All right, we're back. So let's talk about the pros. What is the fun stuff of social media? Okay, so social media was created to be more engaging. Mm-hmm. And to bring people together. Yeah. So what are, tell me some well pros about social media. Within Filipino society in the Philippines, there's a lot of overseas Filipino workers, o- OFWs, and their families are left behind in the Philippines. So it gives them a chance um, or a tool to connect with their families back home. Because I'm a child of an OFW. Um, my mom worked in New York when I was 
about seven years old. And for a mother, it's hard to do that, to leave your kids. And I remember we would write letters to her and we would put actual pictures in it and send it to what her. What are those? How do you guys get pictures? Wait, wait, letters? You ta- wait, what, those? Like, send? Like, oh, you mean email, oh. right? Click, you've got no. mail. So you get you get a piece of paper, you get a pen, and you use your hands to write with the pen. Wait, 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 wait. Is that made yes. for wait, a tree? What, what is a paper? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I wasn't around yet when this was happening. So you yeah, have to I wasn't kind of break born it down. Yet. Like, I know. Like, so, I mean, now, babies. I mean, if she, if we had Facebook, then it, the information and the pictures and all that would be more instant. Um, so I think it's a tool that families have used to connect with each other. Even now, I have family in in Europe, for example, and they see my picture, I see theirs. It's like you know, it's a good you, you connect with them. You you feel more connected. And so I created a Facebook account for my auntie, <laughs> who's taking care of me for like forever, and it's a way for her to. You know, reconnect to her, our family in Iloilo and to see the progress of the house that she's she's building. And sometimes I would like, she wants to see the house over and over again. So I would like go and. But you won't let her? No, she can't. Oh, just Facebook. The, <laughs> like, oh, just like online, but not on in it. person because you don't want to let her go. It's a time. There's a timer. I, there's I, timer. I don't want, I don't want to let her go because I love her okay. so much. And she makes the yeah, best Thoron and the best we have to try that. and don't, don't mess. But the, using Facebook, she could video chat with our relatives in Iloilo. She is so happy when she gets to do that. She's so happy when she gets to look at the photos. And then we do face, you know, the FaceTime chat thing. Is it FaceTime or Facebook chat? What is it called? Messenger. Messenger, yeah. Messenger. She's so elated by seeing her relatives even though she doesn't look into the camera because she doesn't know where the camera is <laughs> i have to keep pointing to her like look up look up <laughs> and that brings her so much joy and i think because i don't use facebook anymore because like, you know once your parents are on it it's just not cool anymore time to move on but oh yeah time to move on and so but when she's on it like she seems so happy it's made it easier for me to connect with people that i haven't reached out to in a while and maybe you know that ease of not having to do it in person you know there's that running joke on how us adults now are be like yes let's set up lunch together we'll hang out soon so but la that of shit you. is written in water where it's just like never gonna no happen. no well, first of all to be fair when i say that i mean it mm-hmm. yeah. yes yes but in it's become that tool where you can just check in yeah once in a while hey i just wanted to see how you're doing uh, people who's willing to share where they're at in this point in their life, you're able to just, you know, check it and like, okay, they're doing good. It seems like yeah. everything is okay with them. That's how I've kind of just checked in with someone. Oh, like so you're lazy to call them. You're like, oh, look at their Instagram. They're they're live. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I still send them a message outside of that. But oh, okay, okay, because I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of like scrolling. Up. Oh, they're alive. They're breathing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> don't need to call them till next year for their birthday. Uh, yeah, maybe it's a selfish gain that I don't have to put in that much effort. But I just like to know that everyone's still okay. Okay, I do like when facebook does that like oh yeah two years ago from here from this day you were hanging up you posted this with your friend i'm like oh and then it shows a little boat and then it shows a little like i hate like, those like heart i hate shape. them it's so cute i love those you want to know why because it always reminds why? me of how much weight i've gained wow <laughs> just it's like oh 
20 pounds ago. Yeah, look at you. You can be like, hi, be looking. You're like, fuck the years. 30? <laughs> it's by pounds. 30 pounds, 30, 30 pounds ago, you look like this. Oh my God, imagine if that was like an app. Like, But I do like it. I think yeah, it's like, no, I know oh, what you mean. memory. That's how we use it now too, is the nostalgic side. To go back, a model, again, maybe we're you know more alike than I, I've accepted we are, but we go back to our feet and like... Yes, I remember this fun time. I spent it with these people. This is what happened. The emotions we were having. We were having fun. And, you know, sometimes I'm guilty of resending that picture to everyone else just to kind of remind them where we were at at that yeah. point. You know, but I don't do yeah. that Tita move or mom move where you screen cap the thing and it's the timestamp is on the top. They don't even remove that black border around <laughs> it. They literally send you, send you a screen cap of their screen. <laughs> No. Okay, you give me. Okay, so my mom, I'm really patient with my mom, but my gosh, do I have to help her every time she goes on Facebook? Like, send your auntie this photo. Send your, I was like, mom, like, seriously, you know how to do it. Like, just press the, the little icon and you put the photo and you press send. <sighs> you know, the, the results might not always be ideal, but social media helped spark revolutions arab spring for example comes to mind what happened in kiev um ukraine black lives matter movement also that like the arab spring if i remember this correctly the young people were protesting abuses by the government that were usually led by dictators like mubarak and you know all these people in tunisia in Libya and in, in Egypt, for example, are just a few examples I, I can think of, and also Syria. The young people got out there to protest the abuses that were happening and the corruption that was obviously happening. For some of these countries, they overthrew the government. The result wasn't always what we would have wished they were. But let's be honest, social media was a tool for the dissenters to to share their um, experiences, to share their, you know, where were they going to meet so they can protest, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a tool for, for the young people to go out there and be heard. And to piggyback on that, just history, Martin Luther King was very smart about using media back then to really spread the word of what's happening. And then we are in a moment now, like the Black Lives Matter mo movement of seeing footage that could spread in nanoseconds to all the parts of the world and start uh, a global revolution. And this is what it looks like when we see it used yeah. correctly, I think. Well, there's a third pro that I can think of. And let's admit it, before there was Facebook, even before there was Friendster, there was AOL. It's like how marginalized members of society like us, gay men, members of the LGBTQIA plus community, were able to connect with other people like us and how we found the community, how we found friends, how we talked about ideas that affect us or issues that affect us. And I think that social media plays a role in that, connecting people who think they are alone. Yeah, it, it shaped who we are now. Why we're sitting here right now recording, but also is responsible for us being friends for how long? I'm going to quote Queen Solange, who quoted Goddess Lula Bell, but do nothing without intentions. We have all this information of our own experiences with social media, and we, ha we, we now watch this documentary that 
also enlightens us. And so I like that because it's like almost like, what do we do with this information? And I think intention is so paramount. You know, like our like we won't say like if we were gonna say it in face to face, why would we say it online? After you watched that documentary, what was your takeaway? I've always been cautious about what I put online, but now I have even more of a reason to to be more careful, uh, because the things that I already had ideas about is now confirmed. So now I'm more mindful about what I put online and any comments that I make, I have to really think about it because like what Greg said, if I'm not willing to say it face to face, I shouldn't put it online. Yeah, I mean, get you a, a core of friends that you trust and just talk shit amongst each others. Offline. Yeah, offline. Yeah. Like you know, don't, Or like, in a podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, if you guys could see our text message thread, yeah. But see, it's like, find other ways. No, I like this. I like this idea of intention, you know, like, and I like this rule of if you want to say it face-to-face, don't say it online. I was thinking, like, other ways, like, how do we add more positivity, you know, to other people? And also, like, I, I think another rule of, of thumb when it comes to, like, uh, news is misinformation. So what are your, what's your thoughts about how to deal with misinformation? I think we have to parent our parents. It's very sad to say. We have to parent our parents. Give them the tools. They've, given, they've done that for us. You know, some of us who, who were fortunate enough to have a parental influence. It doesn't have to be your bio parents or anything. But anyone that's older than you that's giving you the tools of where you're at now, how you navigate through life, now you have to pay them back and, like, lead them the right way. Teach them about Google. Not typing Google on the search bar and it links to a Google code. No. Tell them, no, you have to type Google.com. Wait for that little window that's you know, multicolored spelling Google to show up at the search bar, they can trust that to look for things. And when the populated results come out, be very critical of what you find. You know, I've tried to explain that to my in-laws that anything you see online is made up by someone. I can make that up. So don't trust it right away. Ask me. I don't mind. I've literally sat there with Amaro's mom and like she's taking notes of, okay, press the on button. Okay, okay. Oh, did I press the Safari button? Okay, okay. Like she's taking notes. And I told her, don't, don't worry. If you have any questions, ask me. I'd rather have you be informed than going out there blindly or having the wrong information. Yeah, I agree with you. I, If my mom isn't like trying to share things about old people dancing... Are doing the tango. She likes to do that stuff. Or like people singing. Uh, like the Lions Club event that they had. and The Lions Club? <laughs> hello. <laughs> it's from her like province. The Ilo, Ilo yeah. Association. So it's just a province yeah, person. she's a province person. <laughs> uh, why? She is. No, actually she's not. She's Metro Manila. Well, my, my family's a province people. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's so interesting you bring this up because it's like... You know, they have, like, parental controls 
on a lot of apps. Can we soccer. switch it around? Like the most we had need to have like like parents, parents, yeah, parent to patrol control or something. I don't know. It, no, it's, it's called like thirteen and no, below. No, it's called parental control, but it's like it means something else in this case. Yeah, no. <laughs> So now they should have like a, it's either you're 13 or lower, or what is the safe, like, I don't want to give out a number, because I know Greg's up there. Oh. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> wait, 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 excuse me? But you know, it's like 13 and under, and what, is it like 65 and up? Maybe, we have 50, to like I would say 55 and up. Well, you know how like they have parental guidance on TV, you know, that little warning? Yeah. That yeah. means something else on the, in this case. Yeah. <laughs> You literally now, mom. <laughs> this is what this means when you do that. Seriously, like honestly, like if you don't know how to send a message, then don't, then, then don't uh, share a post. Uh, we know with my mom, I tell her all the time to check where the source is from. If it comes from this like, kind of like this really weird, you know, URL, I say yeah. you can't trust it, like, and you shouldn't even like you should. Don't even mind it, you know. Always check the credibility of the source or who's sending it or where the source is from, right? You know, just because your Tita baby sends you something doesn't mean you should believe in your Tita baby. There's a lot of Titas out there that you could listen to. Why Tita baby? Because she thinks she knows everything. She does! Oh my God! I'm sorry. (laughs) Wait, was she the one that saw you and was going to mom, Tita baby, if you're listening to me, you ruined my life. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just choke long. On that note, let's see the Filipino word of the day. McCoy, so what's the Filipino word of the day? The Filipino word of the day is mapanuri. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Say it one more. Wait, say it one more time. Mapanuri. Mapanuri. Like that. Oh, wow. That's really close. Um, it means critical or analytical. Sentence, please. When it comes to what we see on social media, let's be mapanuri. Let's be manpanuri. There you go. Yes. Yes. Yay. Let's stop. Okay. No more. No more. Hey, no galing, more. galing. <laughs> galing, galing, huh? I don't even know what that actually means. What does galingaling mean? I always say it all the time. Uh, Galing means good. I'm proud of myself. Yes, so are we. All right. So that concludes our podcast. If you like to leave a comment, have a question, we will respond. You can reach us at... Um, On social media, interestingly. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. I come on, but, but, you just said social media. We just said don't use social media. media. We said you said wisely. Yeah, we said you said with good, yeah, with good exactly. intentions. Wait, let's start this again. Let's start this again. That's our show, and because what we learned on this episode, if you like to leave a good intention comments and a good intention question. We will respond. You can reach us at... On social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Gamchat Podcast. But you know, I'm going to take it back. If you want to be messy, email us. We can we can take mess. Email us at gamchatpodcast at gmail.com. And also, guys, if you guys want to rate and review this podcast, how the three of us are doing, you can uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Hit that five-star if you love it, if you don't, hit that five star and leave it as that. Just keep hitting the five star because you know Again, good vibes, intentions. We are a safe space for messy. I do agree with that. And that concludes our podcast and catch us on the next one.